Hello and welcome to another edition of Atlas Information Live. We are glad that you could join us this afternoon. We apologize today. Uh, today was one of those days where everything was down to the wire. But we're here and uh, we're here to talk about, because it's Halloween coming up and uh, there's this, of course, the tradition that many of us would have participated in and many uh, kids still do today, uh, the tradition of trick-or-treating, of going door to door and a uh, delicious little morsel of junk food, basically. And uh, we've been doing it, well, I guess I guess it is. Now, a long time ago, there was actually this, uh, a part of this tradition, included uh, people playing with kids so uh, and there's that famous uh, uh, Charlie Brown Halloween or Linus is waiting in the pumpkin patch for the great pumpkin to arrive and the other uh, kids go trick-or-treating and uh, well Charlie Brown always so they've done away with that part of the trick-or-treat treating tradition tricks anymore um they don't get rocks and they don't get you know foul tasting things or there was a time back in the 80s even where uh people would give out apples with uh, pins in them or race type of nonsense and um and that uh put an end to any the uh, shenanigans. But why are we bringing this up? Why are we mentioning any of this? Because we were in that particular activity of dressing up like ghouls and goblins and monsters and vampires, it's werewolves, etc. And going door to door, knocking on door, only good things to happen. And it dawned on us that for many people on the spiritual path, that is exactly how they approach their journey. They wear various different costumes, which either they do or they do not identify with done there and we'll get into that but they expect in fact they feel in, entitled to the unlimited abundance and all of the the synchronicities and the miracles the blessings all of the to for everything to 
fall into place perfectly on their journey. Much the same way that children nowadays go out trick-or-treating expecting only to get treats. And some of these individuals, some, not all, but any who is seriously pursuing a spiritual path will invariably encounter tests and ordeals, ones which, on the surface at least, do not appear to be in alignment, seem to be synchronicities and blessings, but quite the contrary. They, they can be quite, they can seem quite catastrophic and they can even lead to our retreating from the path. And that's what the title of today's live stream is. Trick, trick and retreat, trick or treat, one or the other. And we wish to use that allegory, night, and that practice of trick-or-treating and that idea that awaiting us around every turn, behind every door on the path is only sweetness and is only that which we want, that which we desire, and that which our heart longs. And clearly this is in reference to, or you could say this is a shot across the bow of the new age concept, or perhaps even some traditional notions of spirituality which relate to born-again Christians and others, whereby if you just believe or you just think positive, only positive things will come to you because you attract on the law of attraction. So if you put out good vibes, and you're always positive and living positively, you can expect only positive. And if you work on manifesting your desires, if you go through life and you're grateful for everything, then only things, only those things will show up that you are grateful for. And there are many versions of this, there are many permutations of this particular sentiment. And it is a sentiment. And all of us who take our path seriously and seriously undertake the study of ourselves and study of esotericism, and we well and truly are committed to make genuine progress and do the will of our innermost being, our true self, destiny in this lifetime as, as written, as prescribed to us by our true self, who we should be in service to. Once we make that commitment, and even before we make that commitment, but certainly once we make that commitment, there is only one way to achieve the level that we need to be in order to fulfill that service. 
There's only one way to, to unbecome in order to become the potential that exists within us to be. And as we've talked about very often, that process is the alm of life. And as we've shared before, as we've uh, when we think of a baffle, we can think of a, a you know a channel of water being our 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 path. Baffles as being these obstacles, right? These hindrances that lie between us and where we we need to be. So we may be here. Our goal may be over here, and if we flow through life like water. We are peoples, and as we do so, it's going to cause us turbulence. If that feels familiar, it's because, of course, that is the uh, the alm of life, where you have to descend before you ascend. <clears throat> You have to descend. And so what happens is baffles cause us to they create turbulence in our life and they cause us to they interrupt the flow or they appear to interrupt the flow. As we are attempting to get to our destination. And that destination may or may not be actually where we need to be. If we have been granted some insight, we might genu genuinely know where we are going and where we need to be. And so when these baffles appear between us and our destination, The turbulence that impatience and frustration and defeat or betrayal even because why would we be given an, a destination why would we be shown what it is we are here to do or where we need to be only to have all of these encumbrances all of these hindrances all these obstacles presented because to be surely if we're supposed to be there then we should just be allowed to go with the least amount of resistance or that destination could just be on our head that destination could see our perception of the ultimate destination where we're headed, just be our idea. We might have some 
intuitive knowing and vague. And so it's possible that our, uh, uh, our mind filled in the blanks and is think thinking about where we should be by a certain date, for example. Now, we encounter these obstacles. These are what I'm euphemistically referring to here as these are the uh, op these are the uh, jokes that are played on us as we are going door to door on our trick or treating. But one way for we stay on our path, each time after that turbulence, we will we will overcome that obstacle, and then we will you know, run into another obstacle. And then there's more turbulence. And then this whole pattern just, you know, repeats itself. The thing about turbulences and baffles is that all of these, these tricks, all of these obstacles are actually making us stronger. The purpose of baffles in the case of water is to make a structured that's what happens to water it goes through baffles and that's why rivers have rapid that water is becoming vitalized it's becoming structured. It's becoming more alive. It has a greater capacity to dissolve, to dissolve uh, molecules and hold oxygen, for example. So the ocean has to be filled with oxygenated water for all of the wildlife in the ocean. So the rainwater which falls is mineral-free. It's like it's like reverse osmosis water or like distilled water. What falls from the sky. So this whole process of flowing down mountainsides and in little tributaries and creeks and creeks go into uh, streams and then those streams flow into rivers and those rivers get bigger and bigger and bigger as lakes and larger bodies of water and then eventually the ocean. So that by the time the water returns to the ocean, it is filled with minerals and it is filled with oxygen for all the fish, for all the wildlife to be able to, to, to breathe. So in other words, baffles make of water, water. It, it helps water rise to its highest expression. And without it, as we've mentioned many times, water becomes stagnant and putrefied, dead water. You can see that when you, you go to a, a, 
some kind of a pond or or a large puddle that has no inflow and outflow of water and the water is just standing water and it never achieves any turbulence and never achieves any motion it just sits there and what happens to that water it becomes putrefied it becomes filled with algae and all sorts of you know and it's and it's full of oxygen in fact that water all the algae and all the everything that grows in that the bacteria and everything that's growing in that water are begin growing in an ocean because putrefied water dead water can't hold any oxygen or comparatively very little it's not enough to support fish or you know any or even plants for that matter because algae is not is a different level of uh um a biological organism so where then where then do you think comes this desire streets if this is true if it's true of water if it's true of us in accordance with the alm of life what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and you have to descend before you can ascend and just like working out or exercising or practicing or doing anything you have to work at it where where does this notion that the spiritual path and filled with blessings where does that come from what is the origin of that particular idea that particular concept that conceit because it is a conceit but earlier jennifer said uh the video is lagging it might be my phone and she also says it seems better now uh it's we're showing a, an unstable connection on our end from Streamyards, but uh there's very little we can do about it and uh, we're not we're probably with an ethernet cable so it may be that it's just a problem with our internet so if it's uh goes down or we go away then by all means uh please let us know in any case we're um We will share with you to uh, if you if you want to pop on, but um, the link is in that and they're on screen as well, or it should be. But maybe we are uh, experiencing some lag. Um, maybe we will try putting this away for now. this conceit this idea that 
The spiritual journey is like going out trick-or-treating. Where's the origin of that? Is it in scripture? You know, where did it come from in the new age? Certainly it must have its origins from somewhere. Quite openly and honestly, because, you know, we're not altogether certain. We're not altogether sure. But we have, there are uh, some suspects. But let's look at that allegory a little bit, a little bit more closely. When you go trick-or-treating, now, when you put on a costume, you are dressing up, you are pretending to be, and generally speaking, there's really only one of two choices. Either you're going to pretend a monster, which you know you're not really, but you're going to dress up like that, or you're going to be pretend you're you're going to take something that you aspire to in some way or that you admire so you might dress up like a superhero or some mythological hero of some kind you know spider-man or superman or wonder woman or something like that and ironically most people go through life that way aspiring to be something that they're not or dressed up as a monster, behaving like a monster, but believing that they're not, believing that they're good. And we can see that. And the allegory trick-or-treating is perhaps a hyperbolic expression of that. To use that as an allegory. But that's why we use it as an analogy. It reveal things that just looking at people on the path under normal circumstances through regular because someone who's living out of their ego, but they believe themselves to be a good person, and they don't go around they don't go around committing crimes. They're just going to work and going through the motions in life, and they're doing the things that they want to do. But they're not particularly harming anybody like that. Possibly, possibly be labeled a monster. And yet that's exactly what the apocalypse is. The vast majority of people on this planet are emotions. Now, zombie is a monster. A zombie is one of those classical... Monsters right up there, bears and ghosts and witches and werewolves and mummies, right? You have these, like, the, what was it? Uh, MGM, MGM Studios. They had their whole golden age of monster movies past. And now they're their whole rogues gallery of, uh, of monster movies. Frankenstein, right? Dracula, and 
uh, and yeah, werewolves, and then and then zombies were included. And the zombie apocalypse, the reason why zombies have been on everyone's mind and have been in the popular culture for the past 10 years, they've they become, you know, passe in the last few years. People have gotten bored of them, bored of zombie stories. But the whole zombie apocalypse phenomenon was there trying to uh, hint not too subtle a hint to humanity that we are living through the zombie apocalypse. We've got a uh, comment from Mugaboo22 who says, his is also lagging, uh, but that he can hear all right. We're not sure what we can do in cases like this. Um, we can try and, and see if that helps, but that generally, as far as we know, that doesn't usually help matters much. Anyway, if it gets really bad, then we can <clears throat> uh, ending the stream and coming back or something, but then that'll really screw up YouTube and, and Facebook. It'll upload a partial stream and it'll have to create a new one. Anyway, it's it's technical. Um, so hopefully, hopefully things will anything. <clears throat> yeah, so. We go through life then on this path <clears throat> and we either believe or we disbelieve that we're something else. We either believe ourselves to be better than what we are, or that we're as bad as we are. And really, that's two sides of the same coin. We're just living in denial of our present state of consciousness. And so you have that situation where people go, people uh, will say, oh, Right? We're all gods just here having a, uh, a human experience. So using the trick-or-treating ana uh, analogy, they're dressed up as Hercules and Zeus and Thor. And uh, or Wonder Woman or, you know, Superman. And they're happily going from door to door their loot bag to be filled with with treats because hey i'm a i'm a god already how can i not deserve it the unlimited abundance of the universe at my fingertips i can attract that into my life more than just a few people who think that way and they honestly believe that and and they live, they go through life that way. And they believe that that's what it means to be spiritual. To be already a God. And then all you need to do is think positively and believe that. And it will be so. 
And then you have just about everybody else who, even if they are aware of their demons and their defects and vices, they will say, well, it's just a costume. It's just temporary. At the end of my life, I'm going to take this costume off. I'm not really, I'm not really this witch or this vampire, or this zombie. So at the end of my life, right, death isn't real anyway. None of this is not real and none of this has any consequence. So it's all just trick-or-treating. It's all just dressing up for fun. So it's a, it's a reverse way of thinking about, well, we're all spiritual, we're all holy, we're all gods already. But instead of that and believing that and expecting people to react and and life to fulfill our every desire, there's that other reverse approach saying, well, okay, so I might have all these flaws and I might not be perfect and blah, 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 but that's just temporary. I'm not really like that. This isn't, re this isn't really who I am. And yet, at the same time, many of those people talk about 5D ascension and everything else, and a lot of them believe that this personality that they have is going to ascend the kettle of fish. So they go through life expecting life to be like Halloween. Life isn't that way, and we all know it because we've all have experience. And so Sometimes you will knock on a door. The other side of the door is it's it's not a, right. And Halloween, and then having to solve math problems or having to do piano lessons or having to do a hundred sit-ups or having to drink a tablespoon of cod liver oil now those things are good for you but a kid dressed up for Halloween going door to door to door they want their treat. We want to be treated a certain way. We want to be treated a certain way and when life the circumstances of our life and the people in our lives don't treat us the way we want to be treated the way we expect to be treated the way we we think we should be treated to be treated what is our response And if on the path, we are 
we experience of what we believe is being mistreated <clears throat> how long is it going to be how long will it be before the belief that we are being mistreated turns into us retreating. And what and why does this stuff in red happen? What is its origin? Where does it come from? Again, you can think of a child going out trick-or-treating expecting to receive treats okay fair enough that's fair enough for halloween but what about life what about the path the spiritual path from that all these blessings and serendipities and miracles need to be flowing and the only things that we want is it the cult of positivity is it all all the talk of being in alignment and, and that when you are in alignment with the universe, the universe can see, um, conspires to what you need or everything that you want. Because if someone, if any of us, if we're honest, treated enough in a given situation isn't it isn't it the logical thing to retreat to back off to take a hint we're we're asking these questions hoping that uh, enough in the audience to suggest an answer. And then the question is, what constitutes a reef? And what about those individuals who claim they're only filled with good things, and only good things happen to them. Ever since that they've adopted this path, or that path, or this practice, or that that practice, are they are they lost in the cult of positivity? 
that they are just ignoring or they're avoiding the baffles and they refuse to accept they refuse to look at they refuse to see how they're being mistreated All of this leads into another question. If we are being mistreated, the implication there is that something must be doing the mistreating. Because the whole point of receiving a treat, of being treated some way, good or bad, happened to us, we are being affected. So what is it that's doing the what's what what is responsible for the mistreatment? Do we know? Do we even do? Have we ever asked that question? Because to be on the path. We are going to encounter circumstances. We're going to encounter those baffles, those, and some are up here and some are down there. And they're great. They're going to create this turbulence. And that turbulence will be it will be mental. That turbulence will be going on and in our heart. We have to ask ourselves where the obstacles are. These obstacles where are they? These things that we have to overcome. And how can something outside of us balance inside of us? These are just circumstances. It's different for water because the turbulence is in direct response to the baffles that it encounters. It's a one-to-one -one physical relationship. 
but in us the turbulence that we experience is psychological circumstances that we encounter are circumstantial they're societal they're economic so we experience something out there but the turbulence we have so then what what really is the cause of that turbulence it's all too easy to blame the obstacles cause of our turbulence and that is perhaps you know the biggest trick of all that is being played on us and if anything these obstacles are appear put there by our divine mother because she is trying to entreat us to pay attention to see how it is we are being tricked In other words, to know what is responsible for our mistreatment. But what is the tendency? The tendency, blame, is to point fingers and blame the obstacles, the external turmoil in our life. As we a direct cause of the turbulence, the psychological turbulence, the emotional and mental turbulence energy turbulence even physical turbulence depending on you know the degree to which um If we recognize this dynamic, if we don't recognize this trick that is being played on us, that we are playing on ourselves, and this happens over and over again, this repeats every time we run into an obstacle, we feel we're being mistreated. We fail to recognize how the universe and our Divine Mother is conspiring to entreat us to pay it to grasp 
what is happening and why and how our inner turbulence is being created then sooner or later all that mistreatment is going to result in our retreat we will stop We will, we will say enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. These, these, th it's too much. These obstacles, these challenges, whatever in my life, there's, there's too much resistance. There's, I can't handle it. It's not fair. And we'll retreat, we'll give up. Now you may say, well, that's never gonna happen to me. And there's many people who believe that once you're awake, or once you've had an awakening, you can never give up. You can never lose that which, which you have gained. That what you once you sound you start down the spiritual path, that you will be on it, you know that that's in, it is inevitable that you you will succeed. But there's no guarantee. We received a guarantee when we signed up for this journey. We don't have a certificate. We don't have a warranty. There's nothing that says you need. There's also nothing that says expect to be treated at all times by all people and, and only positive things flowing into your life and so on and so forth. We can think of this, the lives of the saints avatars we can look to the life of jesus we can look to the life of moses or how about job in the book of job that book in the bible is is all about showing how to face the obstacles and the challenges and we talked a couple weeks ago about how to tolerate how to endure. and we shared that in the context of the big picture 
but it's important that we comprehend that same concept, that same practice in microcosm. Is this allegory of trick-or-treating and going door-to-door -door and expecting treats that inspired us to bring that discussion of whatever might be coming down the road and what might be awaiting us around the corner in reality and how to endure that, how to endure the suffering of others. bring it into a more intimate and personal context of how do we actually endure suffering? Because we said most of us can Here, this con in this content here is at the hands of others. It's at the hands of life. It's at the hands of the universe. Mistreatment. And only a fool keeps banging their head up against the wall, right? Only a... Only an idiot goes back over and over and over again, right? So you would retreat. You would say, that's not fair. That's not practical, right? Think about this in this context, in this way, to show you how clever and how insidious are because All of them, actually, you know what? That's, uh, we just uh, sketched out here, mapped out here. All of this is the work of our egos. And this is the trick that our Divine Mother is bringing us to comprehend and understand.
that there are no external baffles that can, that is uh, that are capable of creating turmoil that are that are capable of creating turbulence inside of our psyche that our uh, our egos play on us right end game and pointing our attention outward and focusing on oh this spiritual thing is it's 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 a red herring it's just filled with suffering let's let's do something let's feel good what did we do to deserve all this mistreatment that the end goal here what Whatever we may believe it to be, that includes the elimination of ego. Now you can understand why it is the egos which play this trick and get us to believe in our own mistreatment of circumstances out there why it is our egos that want us to retreat isn't the only way that our egos can achieve that can accomplish that is by planting in us ideas that that the the path is going to be lined with roses right with with adoring followers waving uh uh palm leaves like they did for jesus entering jerusalem on palm sunday which is a symbol a few days later his crucifixion the path is not easy path is difficult or doing is difficult is challenging we have to overcome our obstacles that's how we grow oh that's the that's the only time of life right but the ego doesn't like that in fact it's the e ego to prevent that To bring it back to water, it is the us to remain a stagnant pool. Nothing new coming in, and certainly nothing flowing out. Wants us to remain like a stagnant, fetid pool. And it is on the path that create that dynamism, that create that turbulence 
for water. And it is those obstacles that occurred within us psychologically. But that turbulence are our egos reacting. And if we're not careful and if we're not observing ourselves, and if we're not aware that our psychological turbulence is the result of our egos playing tricks on us, and the trick that they play is blaming everyone and everything else, then we will end up retreating and we will end up falling into stagnation and suck. Because in our pursuit of being treated well, our avoidance of mistreatment, we will embrace, we will, we will, we will retreat, retreat from the battlefield. But the battlefield we are retreating from is the battlefield against our own egos. Because all of these obstacles, all of these test trials and ordeals, just like battles in water, they are designed to create turbulence. Why they show up. They are doing exactly what we need them to do. Suffering. Or more specifically, more accurately, right? Which is what we're getting at. To trigger the causes inside of us, the source of suffering inside of us, create the suffering. And it's our Divine Mother who entreats us to observe that to ourselves and recognize how the egos create that turbulence when we encounter obstacles, things that we don't like, things that we don't want, things that we didn't expect, the things that hinder our progress. We need to pay special attention to this because consider what is coming, what, what's, what's waiting for us. On the, on the other side of the many doors that we will encounter on our path, uh, not everything is going to be a treat. And all of the mistreatment is there. Which bring our egos in into activity that we need. To become more strong and capable, to become the best that we can be. How and why? We return to the alm of life. 
because when we observe those, meditate them and comprehend them as our divine mother entreats us to do, then we can see how those egos are creating turbulence, emotional, mental, physical, energetic turbulence. If they're not in activity, then we can't see them. If they're not causing us suffering, they're invisible. You cannot know your fear without facing a fear. So if you're not afraid, you're, you're ignorant of your fear. When you're not afraid, you're ignorant of your fear. It's just a fact. You can't know your fear unless it's triggered. You can think you can think about it believing say oh yeah of course of course i i yeah yeah, i have fear everybody has fear sure but that's just a concept in your mind suffering is the crucible in the laboratory of analysis We, uh, um, Kathy says, hello. Hello, Kathy. Welcome. And Stuart says, the audio and visual is glitchy just now. I wish there was something that we could do, but... You know... Probably what was happening was that all, all morning we were uh, old live streams, we were uploading them to Spotify because we scheduled them ahead of time. Okay. So probably what's happening is our internet service provider is probably throttling our upload speed. Loading too much. Because you know how internet service providers are, are like. So that's probably why, and that's a good thing to take note of for the future, not to do, not to uh, upload podcasts Sunday morning anymore, if this is the result. So there's a lesson for us to take away. On the matter of fear, a couple days ago, we went to help out a friend and colleague Wolfgang. Um, he was doing some fall cleanup at one of his clients. Um, he needed some he needed some help because he's he's suffering from some. Um, physical issue now and so we had to we, we there's some things he just can't do so we had to go and we offered to go and uh, uh help him and what we have to do is we have to climb up onto the roof of this house 
where there was a green roof that a couple roof turns, but they're only accessible via ladder. And we, as you know, a fairly powerful entity of fear and heights is one of those we don't like heights especially not going up on rickety aluminum ladders right carrying you know and then we have to go up there and it's so we have to do gardening up there and what we were doing specifically is we were taking um a um a hedge trimmer and now stalks of these wildflowers all these wild things that were growing in this garden because the winter is coming so you, you know, you cut them all, you cut them inches tall. And then in the spring, they're all going to spring back up again. They're all going to spring back to life. So we were up there working, going right to the edge. There's no, no railings, no anything else. Right. So, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't high enough that, uh, and getting up and, and getting off on with the, with the ladder for us anyway. It's just something that was very pleasant, very unpleasant. It was made very unpleasant for us. But that turbulence, right? we, we had no illusions about where the source of that turbulence was. We weren't going to sit there and spit venom making us that or to blame the rickety ladder or to blame the roof or to blame the plants or to blame anyone or anything. We know our fear of heights is our own. It's our fear. And sure, you know, we, in the moment, we had that because the work needed to get done. Someone had to do it and Wolfgang couldn't do it. So we had no choice. We had to uh, undergo this mistreatment. And even now, just talking about it, we can feel the same um, physical frictions that we were having in our, in our hamstrings. And in our glutes, as we were standing and climbing up on this ladder and trying to get from the ladder onto the roof and stepping back down, down onto the ladder. And we were, um, and it was one of these ladders that was like one of those aluminum ladders with uh, very, very narrow steps. They weren't like, you know, sort of semi round rungs. And again, it was a very experience, but that's what happens when you, you have to face your fears. And it wasn't, we weren't, you know, it wasn't, if it was, if we were up 30 stories, then it would be like, for us, it would be terrifying. So we were able to do it and we were able to complete the work. But later in the evening, despite the fact that we had gone th gone through with the work and faced our fear and 
overcame our fear in the moment, the name our particular fear was that for the entire time that we were going through that work, that fear was being stimulated. It's just the nature of, you know, for us, uh, not everyone, you know, will be in the same type of boat, but for us, our fear is tied up with that same entity that's responsible for our epilepsy and it's responsible things. So later on, on Friday evening, we were essentially at the mercy of that deep because it had been emboldened, it had been strengthened during the day, despite the fact that we didn't give in to it a little bit. But it wasn't exactly, we weren't exactly indulging it, but it's just we were in a situation where our fear was being triggered and our demon was active and he became emboldened and later on in the evening uh we we were at his mercy when we find ourselves in circumstances like like that being mistreated and suffering because of this thing that we uh you know we'll be honest it's it's not easy it's not pleasant and you you know, you, you, you face that and you say, how is this helping? How is this, you know, what's, and sometimes it feels very unfair. And sometimes you end up doing things or feel like you're being made to do things which makes you feel like you are being, you are retreating or you are, being, you are falling, you're falling back or you're losing progress or, you know, one step forward, two steps back. What could that possibly, how could that possibly serve us? How could that possibly be a good thing? We can sit there and we can, beat ourselves up over it we can try to rationalize it or we can try to sit there and over intellectualize it or we can relax and observe and meditate and recognize that none of us walk on water here if we were perfect, we wouldn't need to be here. If we had all the answers, we wouldn't need to be here. 
And if this path was easy, there would be no reason to take it. And if and if it was lined with roses and bones, there would be nothing we could get out of it. To build muscle, you have to lift weight. To learn to play the piano, you have to practice. To be to master, you have to work at it. And a part of that is failure. Is is running into circumstance that no matter what you did or how you did it, it seemed to that you were it was disaster, or that it would end in a setback that would cause you to have to retreat, at least momentarily, to you know regather yourself, re re you know find some solid footing again. Maybe you overstretched yourself. Maybe you overreached. Maybe you just needed to be humbled a little bit, taught a lesson, or reminded of this that that you had not paid a great deal of attention to lately because it hadn't surfaced. It hadn't. Uh, it hadn't come to the surface. It hadn't raised its ugly head. In our case, it didn't help that you know Friday and Saturday was was basically full a full moon. That didn't help at all. It made things much harder, much worse. When people talk about sh shadow work, talked about shadow work in the past. We have an entire uh, live stream on it, and um, they take that Jungian approach where it's all about integration of the shadow before, right? Shadow work is a is a is a difficult and painful process. And the minute we think that we have a handle on this or that, this or that one of our defects or vices, this this or that one of our egos, our divine straight circumstance to remind us that we are not as free from that ego as we thought we were, as we thought we were, and the orchestration of circumstances create the baffles that cause the psychological turmoil within us may be very elaborate, may be perfectly timed, 
in order for this conjunction of events Israel just so that the intensity mistreatment the intensity of the turmoil would be significant enough cause adequate suffering to create for us an adequate setback that causes us to pause and reassess we believed we were at given any particular aspect of our psyche any particular ego that we um, that we live with and perhaps that we we thought we had described sorts of events happen to us there will be a temptation will be a um come into our mind if nothing else that you know this is this is not fair or this is you know, what 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 could I have done? There was we needed to experience what we needed to experience. We needed to go through that. This path doesn't get easier the further you take it, it gets harder. that in a significant way each descent on the alm of life comes before ascent and no matter where we are starting right the descent is rather small is proportional to the descent that time we've got to go a little bit deeper and the deeper we go well the corresponding is proportional to how far we went how how deep we we had to go Right? But then the more we do this, you can see where this is going. Right? You have to go deeper within ourselves, within to our own psychological hell. Our mistreatment, our mistreatment, it increases. That doesn't decrease. It increases.
and it must if at each point along the way we we are no longer susceptible to the e egos creating given a certain intensity so then the intensity has to be wrapped in order to get those egos to be to to create any turbulence again but if we're not prepared for this if nobody has been with us and said if you aspire spiritual heights real spiritual heights you have to be prepared to go into into true spiritual depths if you aspire to the to the great heights of the heavens you have to be ready to descend into the deepest darkest depths of hell it's the only way there is no other way of circumventing the alm of life you can't get around it because the way of getting around it is by going through it it's because that's because it's going around and around and around it's the only way if you try to avoid it if you try to uh do do tricks and silver bullets and magic pills well guess we the alm of life and you're going to be in a downward spiral of the left hand path you might believe you're spiritual you might believe you believe you're all of these things about yourself but now that you're becoming the witch and the vampire and the werewolf and the monster that you're dressed up as Halloween. And you can believe that you're not that, but you are becoming that. Exactly. Suffering in order to comprehend the causes of our suffering and eliminate them. If we're avoiding all that because we just want treats. We just want to be treated well and treated right. Because we're fallen into the cult of positivity the cult of love is light and rainbows and unicorns and roses along the path and people waving palm leaves and that's what we expect egos have told us to expect and that's what we believe we're entitled to then rest assured the path that we are on is exactly Exactly as the Bible said, it is wide and it is easy and many people take it. And that's the path into hell. But the path into heaven is narrow and it is difficult. This is not an easy path. And if we expand and surprised when it is difficult, then we were we will fall for this trick. We will fall for this these uh, tricks of the ego.
that we are being mistreated and that that if that is not fair and that when we will be tempted to retreat from it and we may suffer for setbacks we may suffer failures but we must resist the temptation to allow those setbacks and failures to cause to retreat we must be like water right we must be like water we go through the turbulence but then we overcome and we prepare ourselves for this obstruction recognizing that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger that anything worth doing and anything worth being in life takes work takes effort takes practice and it takes failure Does anyone have any questions? This uh, today, we I don't think I think we're we can do a uh, our live stream. Um, this technical glitches aside, as well, this. Uh, we really had the the wind taken out of us on friday and um and yesterday was was not much um we've been we were tempted to cancel today actually but we thought you know what it's important for anyone who watches these lives you know it's you you see us at our best but it's important you also get to see us you know not at our and we share with you um our failures and not just our successes because it's important For you that we know what you're going through it's important for you to know that that our path is not rainbows and unicorns and light and love and you know roses and palm leaves that and that we have our doubts we have our 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 moments of we weakness or moments of vulnerability of self-doubt of of failure when we get and it's also important that you know that we are under no illusions right not on water here none of us are here raising the dead okay we are all and maybe are able to see, you know, you're not the only one 
who suffers. And you're not the only one who, and you're not the only one who, you know, maybe that, maybe that will help you to not get, be so hard on yourself when you have your moments of weakness, when you have your moments of setbacks or your moments of failure, whatever they may be, whatever, whatever that constituted for you on your path, because we're all different. We're all at different levels. We all face different challenges and we're all, all struggling against things inside of us. The causes of our suffering are as numerous as there are souls on this planet. But what binds us all together and what connects us all is that we all suffer and that the cause of our internal turbulence, the causes of that turbulence is within us. And so even though we were tempted to cancel today because we didn't really feel like it, we didn't really feel up to it, we decided that by uh, uh, um, that it would be more important to use this as a learning opportunity and a teaching opportunity than a, an excuse to avoid um, just as an excuse to avoid it and uh, and you know sweep it under the carpet or whatever. So circumstances uh, will be coming, will be will be difficult. And we have to prepare ourselves for the potential turbulence we experiencing within ourselves and knowing how to deal with that turbulence of that turbulence and to know that the disturbances outside of us the circumstances and the people that are baffling that are obstacles, that are obstructions to us are actually there for a reason. And reason is for us to find the narrow way between the turbulence. Because there is a way to experience the turbulence and not become identified and not become attached. Simply be the observer and observe one 
going through these these tidal waves, these whirlpools. And because of our turbulence, creating all this psychological turmoil within us, emotional, mental, and recognizing, you know, I feel fear. I am not afraid. That's identification. That's attachment. I feel fear is objective truth. Not in denial of what we experience. We're not don't have to be in denial of the turbulence. turbulence. If you're experiencing turbulence, say, I'm experiencing turbulence. I feel fear. I feel anger. I feel envy. I feel lust, whatever the case may be. But don't identify with it. Don't say, you know, I am envy. I am so angry. No, you're not angry. You're not angry. Go to the dictionary and look up the word anger. I am not going to find your picture next to that word. You are not. You have anger. And in certain moments, anger has you. And that's what you do. Because you are in the grips of anger. And if you do something you later regret doing, under the end, you might even say, oh my God, what possessed me to do that? And we use that kind of language. What possessed me? Because in the moment that you were possessed by the demon of anger, it made you do things you, would, you wouldn't normally do. And as we make cross the path, and as we eliminate egos at a certain level, and we rise in level, the strength and power and influence of the egos that we confront are likewise going to increase as we go deeper into hell. We very often talked about Dungeons and Dragons or any kind of computer role-playing game. Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons designed Gary Gigax, who's a 33-degree Freemason. And the whole, the whole archetype, the whole uh, motif D is that dungeons have a certain level and that only kids who have attained that level can descend to that level and you have to fight the monsters and you experience and you collect treasure and when you get enough experience points and enough you level up you advance to the next level as a character 
And when you go up one level of character, now you are able to, of course, descend to the next deeper level because the levels of the dungeon go up the deeper you go. Just as the level of your character increases, the higher you go. What is that? What does that sound like? What does that look like? That's precisely the ohm of life. Right? That's the alm of life. We go down, we conquer demons, we recover treasure, and by treasure, that's gold. That's gold for our solar bodies, our golden bodies. And so, We go up level. The deeper we go, the higher we advance. That's D and D. That's every role playing game. And we've covered this many, many times. I went through this. I went through some of this on Friday. It was not pleasant. No, it wasn't. And we suspect you're not. The only one, partly with the full moon and everything else, uh, things were in the air. We don't know what else was happening astronomically and astrologically, but but um, uh, Friday was a was it was a good day, individually, personally. It was a challenging day. It was a difficult day. Benjamin says a long a long one here. He says says, it's clear they're causing a lot of distress to humanity. This could be seen in the ongoing conflicts, rumors of war, and economic collapses. People says, there is nothing new under the sun, which means that anything happening now has probably happened before. Humanity seems to be in a lot of suffering, and we all feel it. But is it possible for a human being to break free from this type of consciousness or thoughts well that's why you're here benjamin and that's why we're sharing all of this with you because the only way to overcome the causes of suffering is to comprehend them you have to we have to be able and we learn our lessons by Again, um, facing what we need to face. Facing what we need to face. Whatever obstacles they are. Right? We're trying to... 
we're trying to make it on our, we encounter these obstacles that could be people, that could be circumstances, and they're presenting resistance. They're, they're in the opposite direction. But then we have these entities inside of us, these egos. Fear, lust, greed, pride, anger, Benjamin and some. And they are the ones that create this truth in our in our heart, in our mind, and in our body. In reaction to So this is our opportunity to observe ourselves. We observe our mind, we observe our heart, we observe our body, our motor instinctive the sexual centers. And we don't identify with, but we just identify, we recognize. We spot what is causing us the turbulence. And then we can meditate on that. We can meditate on the circumstances and what we did in response or And with great patience, And diligence and relaxed concentration, we can bring ourselves and using our conscious imagination, bring all the circumstances of these events into focus in meditation. obstacle what was happening around me who or what what were the circumstances okay then what was inside me? in my mind in my heart in my body how was i reacting now what was the cause how was it causing me that suffering And recognizing, well, was I that impression in the moment, or was I identifying with it? Was I attached to it? Was I getting, was I indulging it? Was I getting caught up in it? And all mental process. This is a process that takes place in meditation. And the specific kind of meditation is uh, called. retrospect we've all heard of introspection meditation is anyway you're going within yourself you introspect but this particular meditation we call it re 
retrospection because we do it. So at the end of the day or the, or the next morning, but end of the day is recommended because everything's still on. You, you take some moment at the end of your day to do an inventory of your day, of the events, and you hone in, you, you, you focus in on those moments where, where you felt the turbulence, where you made mistakes, where you fell down, where you felt like retreating, where you, where you were blaming others, where you were, you, you were feeling life's not fair and I did, right? So you've had these moments, these circumstances, these events. How did they play out? What was in your three brains? How were the, how are your demons? How are your egos having their way with you? Why did you lose your temper? Why did you, how did you end up saying that you didn't want to say, how did you end up doing the things you didn't want to do? You literally ask yourself, what possessed me to do that? This is what retrospection meditation is for relaxed concentrated visualizing you you replay the events your conscious imagination that's why visualization is such an important part of meditation and why it's so important for us to cultivate that the ability to visualize and be able to play out that scenario over and over and over again with all the details and knowing how we were feeling and what we were thinking without realizing of it. Retrospection meditation is not about in, indulging the ego over and over and over again. So, for example, let's say that as a result of being... Uh, as a result of being gripped in the day, later in the day, you began emotionally eating and maybe you binged on a bunch of chocolate. Well, in your retrospective, you're not going to meditate on and, and relive the chocolate and find yourself, you know, overindulging in your imagination, the eating of the chocolate over and over and over and over over again in the same way that if you had lustful thoughts this is one of the reasons why lust is one of the the most difficult ego to do retrospection on because if you had lustful thoughts it's very very difficult to meditate on lust and not have those lustful thoughts come back up and at what point are you doing a retrospection meditation Meditation on lust, reindulging lust all over again, because now you're visualizing the same things you were visualizing and fantasizing about before. This is a subtle, difficult technique, which requires a great deal of practice in order to master. It's not easy. It's not easy to meditate on our egos. Number one, they don't want to be meditated meditated on and number two when we try to do it they, they're like oh okay and they they immediately try to pounce on us and try to take control of 
of our consciousness again. And they'll 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 want us to to indulge them and 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 relive again those that same that same turmoil, that same turbulence. And then all of a sudden our meditation goes out the window. And instead, what what we're doing is we're just fantasizing the same bloody egos that we're trying to be that we're trying to meditate on. And that's the double-edged sword, right? That's the you know, the same sword that cuts this way cuts that way. And we have to be aware of that. We, we have to be conscious of that and and careful. But it is possible. We have to go into our subconscious mind. We have to go into hell and we have to face our demons. And we have to understand how they cause us suffering. And we have to learn our lesson and how they have their way with us and how we allow that to happen. We have to learn our lesson or be destined to repeat it over and over and over again. With the understanding that at some level we will be repeating it over and over again at, at, at more difficult and more challenging circumstances as we go deeper into hell facing those demons in ever more difficult challenging situations as we are leveling up as a character as we are leveling up as a uh, as an aspirant because that's the alm of life and we can't emphasize this enough right the higher you rise the dirt you have to go there is no avoiding that and so all this talk of positivity and avoiding the negative and that and people talking about shadow work and oh you integrate the shadow and they talk about like in all these sorts of ways and if if people are not talking about shadow work this way they are lying to themselves and they are lying to you if people tell you that it gets easier they are lying to them themselves and they are lying to you it's easier it gets harder it only gets easier in the sense that as we become more practiced as we begin to master the process of the alm of life we become more confident we become more able and so we don't feel like a neophyte a noob anymore right on level one of the dungeon fighting giant rats with our wooden sword in a sense because we become stronger we become more capable but the adversary is always matched and what we need to face never goes quietly into the night never tuck tails and run it's a real challenge and it is a difficult challenge and you will fall you will fail you will have your setbacks if you are making progress if you are advancing you will this is not an easy game this is not it's not the narrow path narrow if your path is wide and easy you may 
need to the path that you're on. If your path is wide and easy and all downhill, you really, you really have to uh, do soul searching about the path that you're on. Because the path of the razor's edge, the path of true spiritual development, the path of and rebirth like the phoenix into the fire of fire and the light of lights of the innermost intimate Christ. The innermost intimate is not born of wide and easy downhill paths. Benjamin says, that's true. Lust is very difficult to overcome. All beautiful woman and a man's mind is hypnotized and totally loses focus. Like when uh, Neo saw the lady in red in the movie The Matrix. That's a good, that's a good example. Um, here's a trick that you can use as a man to, 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 um, you see a beautiful woman, perhaps she's scantily clad or half, half naked or whatever the case may be. Um, one of the techniques is to look at her eyes, look into her eyes, focus on her face and focus on her eyes. It's really beautiful. If you focus on her face and you focus on her eyes and focus on looking into her soul, then you will um, not be feeding lust. Uh, you won't be focused on her body and you won't be focused on all elements lust feeds on. So looking at a woman's face, even if she's very beautiful, you can, you can recognize her beauty. You can appreciate her beauty and you can look into her eyes and you can appreciate the beauty rate. And, and therefore you can transform your impression of that beautiful woman from a lustful one to a loving one. Not necessarily romantic love, but but just appreciating the beauty of a soul. What a beautiful, a beautiful soul. And you can appreciate her as an expression of the Divine Mother, which is this technique that we uh, draw to your attention, which is if you find yourself thinking lustful thoughts or confronted with love, can't avoid them, or you have... A repetitive recurring lustful thoughts uh remember your divine mother think of your divine mother because even if you are over overwrought with lust and overcome with lust and the sexual energy we transmute the sexual force through conscious efforts our divine mother because she is the sexual force so if you remember her in her in her gl glory in her mercy in her uh motherly love maternal love nurturing caring love of your mother is very 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 difficult for lust to remain 
if people can will, will have lustful thoughts towards their mother and, and so woman is an expression of the divine feminine anyway this is this is a particular concern we, we can't we um we can't speak to uh the the experience of women they're the same thing because whether you're a man or a woman when you're practicing white tantra we often will pray to our divine mother we pray to our divine mother together as ma as man in white tantra and this is well known even to christians who uh well look at amazing grace amazing grace was written by a sailor in the middle of a storm because he went to mother mary it's a christian tradition to do a rosary or to pray to mary you pray the um um uh, the hail mary in, of, in need in times of trouble it's even preserved in christianity that you pray to your divine mother and amazing grace was the song that was born of a sailor in the middle of a storm who was praying to his divine mother and he was inspired to write amazing grace those were the words that came from him. and uh and the tune and everything else followed so These can help you um, when when confronting the demon of lust, because that demon is lust and fear are the two greatest adversaries, Asmondius and Lilith. They're the two greatest adversaries that we will ever face. Benjamin says, hang on, we can get this thing to work. Benjamin says, thank you for the uh, clear explanation. It was helpful. I realize the importance of what's happening within my mind, heart, and body. The brain processes everything automatically, and sometimes it can be difficult to control attention, and being mindful is essential for maintaining balance. So one of the uh, things about when you mention the brain, you want to be able to observe that and transform those impressions. So when we see our our mind and our emotions automatically and mechanically and we pay attention to that we can extract from that the knowledge and we can consciously process what is being processed automatically and mechanically and we conditions instead of allowing the egos to digest them for us and we've talked about that before in in the, um, the lectures we've done, the transformation of life. But um, perhaps we'll have to do a, another uh, another session. And Benjamin also said he uh, thanked us for uh, sharing the techniques. Um, all right. Um, how about we... Uh, open it up for if there's anything anybody wants to add or share um otherwise we'll uh call it, um we just passed a two-hour mark um like we said we we were very tempted to cancel today we were not 
feeling our best. We were not feeling our usual standards, but this was an this was a learning opportunity. And the other thing is we also felt that we're not alone in this uh, over the weekend, that, that something was in the air, something was going on. And maybe the, maybe there's something else, but, uh, and maybe there's something in the air that's that's just waiting for us around the corner. But uh, whatever it was, we didn't retreat. We were we fell, we failed, we we had a one hell of a forty eight hours. Jacobin said, "You know, this is the path that we've chosen." And, and there's no avoiding it. And this is the way, the narrow, difficult way, difficult and is narrow and it's uphill. And masters are not made masters by doing things that are eaten, that are, that, that, and, and that doing things the way everybody else does them. Right? We are here. You are here because we are. We long to be more, to be better. We long to be true human beings. And we long to be able to live from a place and bring world that is so desperately needed and that. Others desperately need to be able to see and touch and hear. But in order for us to become conduits of that, that temples of those and vessels of that fire and that light and that love, we have to... We have to exercise our demons. We have to become Olympians. We have to become master warriors. And that means facing the big bad monsters and the, our individual shaitan in Hebrew and in Arabic. Shaitan means adversary. It means facing our adversary. Our adversary is going to kick the shit out of us. And we're going to fall hard on our ass. We're going to see stars and we're going to be looking up and the ceiling is going to be spinning because we're dazed and confused and we were, we're knocked on our ass because everyone, we need that. We need to be humbled. We need to be reminded this is that, that this is a difficult path and that we're, we're nowhere near our potential. And whether you watch whether you love movies or or whether you're a fan of Michael Jordan or or any any other success story or you know what. heroic journey has its ups and its downs and it's usually the second act of any 
story is when the hero descends into hell. And very often, descending into that hell includes a failure, confronting success, getting their ass handed to them on a silver platter. It's part of the process, part of the awakening process of just asleep we still are, awakening to just how imprisoned and possessed we still are. And how much further we have to go, how much more progress we have yet to make. But find within those moments, here, mother, entreating you to make of those moments and finding those moments inspiration and impetus and motivation to try harder to get back up, to get back up on the horse, as it were. Don't re retreat. Don't give in to the Don't play the blame game and feel yourself, you know, a victim of mystery because that's going to end up in, with you retreating. Don't retreat from the battlefield. Lick your, your wounds. Have a rest. Regather re your forces. Regather your strength. And re-engage. But don't, don't give in. Don't give up. Kathy says, you can get this on screen. Kathy says, there it is. This made me feel better that I was not alone. We had a, we had a, we had an intuition that somebody needed to hear this. Benjamin says, yes, we should be a true human being and not become a zombie. A lot of people in today's society seem to be like, exactly. And hey, life for a zombie is relatively easy, right? Not much to concern yourself with as a zombie. Just go around eating brains. Warrior. In the midst of a zombie apocalypse, it takes courage and it takes resilience. It takes resilience. Any more uh, comments or questions from anybody? Incidentally, um, you may or may not have seen, we, we did a blog post uh, and we also uh, posted a 15 minute video of the flower moon. But if you were around last week, then you were around for a three and a half hour um, uh, talk about the death of the epic time. We've watched two epic films, uh, including The Greatest Story That Was Ever Told and Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, we 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 had to we had to we had to do something which uh, which which negated the the uh, the failed attempt by uh, by DiCaprio to to make an epic film out of uh, out of that story. But but anyway, if you want to share the others, uh, you can do so, or or our blog post, um, you can do so. If you don't want to share the three hour one.
um, I can update you on. We promised to update you every time we have something to share, and that is uh, we received the last chapter of part two and the first two chapters of part three. And we went through all the edits and we made additional changes. And we sent them back. So we're, we are roughly a hundred pages away completing editing on the book. We literally have one chapter left to, uh, to edit. And um, so we are, as we head into November here, uh, we are that much closer to having the book. So cross your fingers for us. And, um, and if everything, again, barring any uh, unforeseen delays, then things hopefully will are back on track and that we will we'll have that available for you soon. Um, we also have to do the audio book, however, and that's going to, that's, that's going to be quite a bit of work, uh, recording that the audio for the audio book. We're not sure exactly how well uh, of a setup we have to do that, but we will, um, when we come to that bridge. So if there are no more questions, we apologize today for any lag. Laggy, laggy internet. Uh, we will. We were a little bit rushed. We were a little bit late getting here. Everything was down to the wire today. Um, so in the future, we will attempt at leaving enough time to reboot computers, maybe reboot routers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to be able to um, do this kind of thing in the future. But uh, but thanks for letting us know that um, that the uh, the internet was a little janky. If there are no more comments, I want to thank you for being here today, as always. And uh, we hope that uh, if you are celebrating Halloween, if you're going trick-or-treat, anything like that, that uh, you have an enjoyable and a safe All Hallows' Eve. We hope that you have an end, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. And Benjamin says, thank you for sharing your knowledge. The technical difficulties. So chimes in with a, uh, a thank you. You're most welcome. And uh, to all of you, thank you again for being here. And um, as always, until next time, uh, inverential peace. God bless everyone.